hear each other when we do this? time we're back better than ever a little wounded this week uh we all three before the show even started were yelling at each other because what in the world was that slop but we'll get into that in a second uh but first let's do the honorary slash obligational promotions again make sure you check out our youtube page where you can find this year's hype video for the regular season uh which also whoever there's somebody I'm going to call out. I don't know who, but we were at finally triple digits in subscribers for about an hour. And then someone unsubscribed. I don't know who you are, madam or sir, but look into my eyes. Screw you. I don't know. You tease and it sucked. Anyway, subscribe to our YouTube page. We got a lot of good stuff going on there. Now also on Instagram, you can follow us there at lockdown corner pod, Facebook, obviously, I believe most of you watch the stream on Facebook, so check us out there. Twitter at Corner Lockdown, Alex been handling that and doing a fantastic job. I haven't, we didn't talk last time. That tweet you had saying "Live look at Dustin" and it was the big gorilla walking through was one of the funny. I literally almost fell on the floor laughing. So if you want more <laughs> stuff like that, us ribbing each other, check out check us out on Twitter as well. Uh Let's just. Well, I guess we do have a couple news things we should hit. So let's start with news and notes from the league. All right. So first things first. While my computer is going off. Uh, first things first. Dak Prescott. Broke his thumb last night. He will be out six to eight weeks. He is eyeing a return on either October 30th against the Bears or that following week against you-know-who, the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, for me, I wasn't very high on Dallas. I thought maybe fantasy-wise there was some value with them. Their defense I thought would be pretty good. Offensively, I thought they were going to struggle. That seemed to play out last night. Uh Reactions from either of you guys before we get into the Packer game? Dallas stinks. They're just not good. Hello. Sorry, you're 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 kind of you're a little like you're a little ahead of us, so like we don't really hear you till like a second after. So we'll we'll work with it. But yeah, Dallas is just not okay. Good. They're not a good football team. Yeah, yeah I don't my know. internet. I, I... It's all good. I'd like to believe that Dallas is going to come back with a vengeance here. Um, I just, I can't, I can't buy into it, especially without Dak. And legitimately, I think that Ezekiel Elliott may be the most overrated player in the league at this point. I mean, the guy just, I, I honestly don't think that he's the best running back on his team. You know, Tony Pollard is probably better 
like talent wise than Ezekiel Elliott is at this point. So um terrible news for Dak, terrible news for Cowboys fans. But yeah, hopefully, uh hopefully they can come back. I, I always like it a lot better when uh the NFC East is competitive. So agreed. Football's better when the Cowboys are better. Um but that's enough of that. Uh, obviously, other games happened. There was craziness. We don't care about any of that tonight. We're here to vent, okay? This is – the literal name of this podcast is What the Hell Was That? So let's just get into this week. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. All right, boys. Well, Packers lose 23-7. to uh, Well, I actually have imaging for this. Um, let's just – well, let's see. If- is it half half full or is it half empty? You guys want the positive or the negative first? Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's go negative. Let's start it off with a bang. I agree. Use. Is it half empty? My bad. Sorry, I clicked the wrong button. All right. You know what? I have a lot of bent up frustration. So I'm going to go last year. Uh, we got a preview of Dustin's stuff. So we haven't really heard from you. I talked to you a little bit before we started, before Dustin got here. Please, sir, rain down. Well, first and foremost, we need to fire Watson. Watson needs. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. But, man, what a way to start off your NFL career and the regular season, dropping a 70-yard after you absolutely took Peterson's ankles. I mean, great route, great speed, just missed it with the hands. So hopefully he can recover. Hopefully he can rebound and, and be a staple in the offense here. Um I mean, not a lot of positives in the game. I thought that the corners looked lost a lot out there. Um, I thought that we got decent pass rush. uh, But other than that, I mean, we couldn't stop the run. We couldn't cover. I I mean, our offense just couldn't muster up anything through the air. It's just disappointing. And it's the second year in a row that we've started off this week. And it's the second year in a row that we haven't played any starters for the preseason. So that's where I'm at. So funny you mentioned the um, the defense. And specifically the secondary. We got Amos, Alexander, Douglas, Savage. Who's going to score on us? And that wasn't even mentioning Stokes. Who's going to score on us? Our secondary is great. Take a look at this clip. If you're watching on audio, I apologize, but I'll try and walk you through it. Okay. So they're in zone the entire game, right? They get pressure on Cousins, steps up, fires. Jefferson's wide open. Well, what happened? Let's just take a look here. I'll freeze it if I can. There, Look at these two safeties here. Where the hell are you going? Also, the guy trailing was on this side of the field. That's your captain. That's Adrian Amos, who had no idea where the ball was. Not a single clue. Savage is going up. There's a terrible angle here. Look, I didn't think the game plan on defense was great, but they played zone the whole game. That's what they want to do. That's what they did. Okay, fine. I can understand that. 
But when the captain of your team is getting turned around, it is embarrassing. Also, side note, uh, well, you know what? I'm already here. Sorry, I'm on a bit of a tangent. There was a play. I don't know if you guys saw this. Not There was one specifically that was like super highlighted. Justin Jefferson, we could all argue, is the best wide receiver in the game. Okay, great. They were him with Preston Smith! Your best edge rusher! What are we doing? It's one thing. Okay, it's one thing that you Preston Smith should be rushing the quarterback because you don't have many pass rushers. He's a pure one. He should be at the quarterback. But then you have the stones to put him on the best receiver in football. What are we doing? It was unbelievable. And this happened several times. Golly. <clears throat> Dustin, you're up. All right. So, obviously, we played cover – or not cover, excuse me. Jesus Christ. I'm so I'm so flustered with the whole game. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But we were obviously playing zone the entire game, yeah. which clearly wasn't working. So, why do we continue to do that in the second half and still get burned? Like, that's my question. Like, adjust. And they're like – and this is what, like, I was listening to the OT show. I got to say, those guys are fucking horrible. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about because they're, like, sitting there talking about, oh, well, Rodgers didn't have anybody to throw to. It's like he had, like, seven guys every play in the flats. He just wasn't taking it. It's like, you know they didn't watch the damn game yeah. and look at the, what was happening because they're like, oh, he didn't have any throw to. Throw to the flat. You got Tanya in a wide open at the first down marker right where you need to be. I know exactly what player you're talking about. Yeah, you don't throw to him on third down yep. and you take a sack. There was how many times where you just need to just dump it off. Just dump it off. Like, play the, play the small ball. Trying to be the hero. I mean, that was the most frustrating part about this game is there were guys open. There were guys open. People yep. were saying there was nobody open. That's bullshit. That's complete bullshit because yep. they want to make excuses for Rodgers. I'm done with excuses with this guy. Throw the fucking ball. Like, throw it. You have seven seconds to throw. You have a banged-up offensive line. Yeah. You're missing both tackles. There is no excuse to hold the ball for seven seconds and take a sack. No excuse. You know your game plan needs to be, yeah. I need to throw the ball fast, get some yards, and run the football, which they did not do at all. I think the biggest takeaway was Aaron Jones having eight touches yeah. in the game. No, I... It's just not enough. No, and LaFleur actually admitted that after the fact, which I love when they do this. And it's not just him. It's all the coaches. Well, we only got him eight touches, so that's unacceptable. Dude, you're the one with the play sheet. You kind of control that. It's just some of the stuff. And look, yes, I agree with you. Rodgers held onto the ball way too long. There were a couple times that he didn't have a choice because they actually – and I thought Greg Olson was fantastic yesterday as a color analyst. He was awesome. He broke everything down in terms that someone who – obviously, I played football in seventh grade. The terminology and the schemes and everything ratchet up after that, okay? So I don't really totally understand what I'm watching from a scheme and X's and O's thing. But Greg Olson did a fantastic job, and I want to make sure that that's noted because I was blown away by how simple he made everything seem. But there were a couple times where he's like, well, Rogers just didn't have enough time there. And he, that was true. But there were also times where you would see Randall Cobb running faith, and it was just – that's what it was. And actually, Greg Olson also mentioned that the Vikings were playing a similar thing to what we were playing, which the Packers see this every day in practice. Why were they surprised by it? I don't know. But also, it's just 
I even I just lost my train of thought. That's how irritated I was by this game. Now, the other thing I want to point out, and just because I have the clip pulled up here, uh, let's see if I can find it here. Okay, so Jake Jake Hansen's starting. I didn't have a giant problem with it. I didn't love it. And Dustin, you're a resident offensive lineman, so I'll defer to you. I thought Zach Tom should have been starting. He didn't allow a single pressure in preseason. And when Runyon went out with his concussion, he came in, they ran the ball right behind him, and look at that. Chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. I thought Zach Tom was awesome in that game. And yet, I'll play the clip here. So Jake Hansen, for those <coughs> watching on YouTube, right guard here, number 67. And now, granted, he did he was okay in spots, but this, to me, summarized what had happened. He just he's just getting bowled over by guys. Now Zadarius Smith was on a mission. I think we can all agree there. But man alive, these guys are just eating him up. They're like, oh, they got this guy in here. Let's just keep running him. And they did. And there was the thing that I think annoys us most here is the lack of adjustments in this game. And but Alec and I were talking before the game, and he I mean you could see his tag if you're watching at home, Fire Watson. You jokingly texted us about cutting Watson, and we all kind of were like, is he serious? Like, Dustin and I, I responded like, no, he's it's fine. He's a rookie. Rookies typically suck. Like, that's – we don't have to cut him. <laughs> so, Alec, defend yourself. What? Why, why are you anti-Christian Watson after game one? Listen, guys, I'm not anti-Watson. I just feel that he had a major opportunity – to be the focal point of this offense. It's obvious that Rodgers doesn't trust anybody. That's uh, It's obvious that he doesn't trust any of the current receivers that we have, minus Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon. Um, so he, he really just he had a chance to be the savior for this offense, and he blew it. Now, granted, he's young. It's his first, literally his first game. Literally his first NFL snap, you know, um, but it, it just it sucked that he didn't step immediately into that. Oh, OK, this guy's going to be a focal point of the offense role. Um, I think that a big I, I think that that's a big reason why the Packers struggle on offense is because Rodgers just doesn't have the trust that he has that he's had in past receivers yeah. like your. Uh, Jordy Nelsons, your Randall Cobbs, your uh, James Jones, those type of players. Um, and because of that, he will hold on to a ball that he's not 100% certain that the receiver will be able to catch, as opposed to, you know, if it were, a, a, say, a, a Devontae Adams, he would toss it up or fit it into a tight window. Um, I think that a reason why, though, it's kind of warranted a little bit. Uh, I saw a play. Uh, I saw an, another play during the game. I think it was Watson. Could have possibly been Daubs. Uh, they were running just a, a simple little flat route. Um, for those of you who are wondering what a flat route is, uh, basically the slot receiver 
was running like a short out route is how I would best describe it. it it's, it's a rounded off out route, uh, probably only four yards or so up the field. The, the, the wide out that was split furthest out to the right was running a slant on the inside. And basically it was supposed to be kind of like a pick play where the, the receiver who's running the flat route uh, would be wide open. And the receiver was open but he didn't get his head around fast enough. Rodgers put the ball right where it needed to be. The receiver didn't get its head or their head around uh, quick enough, and the ball bounced off of a defender's hands because of it. You know, So uh, I think that what I'm saying is, to, to be brief here, because I've just went on a very long tangent, um, is that right. I think that a I lot of the are. issues are being the youth in the receiving core, which is why I was saying fire Watson, obviously don't fire Watson. Let's keep them around and, and let them learn and earn trust. So yes. <laughs> and I, I actually have some positive stuff on Christian Watson. Once we finish up the negative here, um, here was another, I want to go back to the secondary for a second. Uh, uh, so let me load up the clip here. So there were a couple times where I think the scheme was okay. Uh, I, it was a lot of zone for me. But and I, at one point, I was just wondering, why is the I – don't, I don't think you can do it, but why not just man up on Jefferson and everyone else can play zone? I don't think you can do that, but, you know, I'm not a football mind, obviously. Um, so, okay. So take a look here. Justin Jefferson is right here. He's at the top of your screen. If you're listening on audio, I'll walk you through it. So right here, Jefferson running a crossing route, right? So Savage is coming downhill at him with just a horrible angle. Like it, the rest of the play was covered relatively well, as you can see here. Now also, I'm, as I'm re-watching this, at the top of his route, you can see there's a little bit of a pick play, not much of one, but it forces Alexander to go underneath. I mean, who knows? If he goes up top, maybe he gets a better angle. Maybe it's a deflection or whatever. But Jefferson was amazing yesterday. I don't think we should take that away from him. But there were just a lot of things like that where it was just bad angles, bad communication. And I think, I mean, defensively, look, they didn't play great. Bottom line, they only gave up 23 points. It wasn't terrible. Second half, they looked a lot better. And honestly, Watson catches that ball. Dylan punches it in on that fourth and goal. It's a it's a totally different game. But again, rookie stink, and Zadarius Smith was out for blood yesterday as he was incredible, and I missed him very much. Uh, I want to make that said because he was awesome yesterday. And honestly, Green Bay needs a third pass rusher. Dustin, my problem is like I'm not saying Zedaria Smith isn't good, but I think our offense line was kind of just that bad. I yep. didn't I didn't think anybody played specifically well. And another point I want to bring up is why is Bakhtiari still not playing? From what I heard, now I don't look, I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but I heard part of the issue was being on that artificial turf, I guess is really hard on your knees. So to bring him back for this game specifically wasn't ideal. Um it, and I, but honestly, I don't know that for sure because then I heard today that Bakhtiari is not a guarantee to go this week at home against the Bears. And Elton Jenkins was more of a prob, or I shouldn't say probable. There was a little more optimism on Elton Jenkins this week 
But, I mean, there's always a but with these ACL guys. I, I, I'm with you, though. We're, we're damn near two years removed from his ACL surgery, and he's barely doing team stuff. Now, yeah. while, yes, that's wildly concerning, Yash Naiman was, as a, as a backup left tackle, Yash Naiman is probably about as good as it gets. He was pretty good yesterday, I thought. Of all the offensive linemen, I think he was the one that stood out to me. But now, I mean, he, I, I wish I had an answer. I'm sorry. Oh, is he frozen? Or am I frozen? You, you froze up there. Dustin, did, did he freeze up for you too, Dustin? Yeah, you can go ahead, Alex. Say what you're going to say. Okay. Yeah, no, so the, um, so the whole thing with Yash Nyman. Um, I, I agree with you, Alex. I think that he was great. I think that he is great. I think that he can be a starter. And I think that that's where it hurts to have Bakhtiari out is because our weak spot right now is at our guards. So if we were able to move Nyman into that right guard spot, put Bakhtiari at the left tackle, put uh, Elkton, I don't know. I think that Elkton's going to end up going back to left guard, but that's just me. Um, and then keeping our right tackle. Do you know off the top of your head who the right tackle is, starting right tackle right now? That was Royce Newman, I believe, at right so tackle. Right now, yeah. But I think the plan is when both healthy, Jenkins is going to be right tackle and Bakhtiari is going to be left tackle. Yeah, I, I think I think that that's a great plan, but I think that – I don't know I, – I'd like to see Elkton playing his best at his best position. So, uh, in my dream world, uh, Jenkins would be back left guard. We keep Newman at right tackle because I thought that Newman held his own. I think that really where we struggled was our guards. I think that our guards just got outplayed. Um, speaking of Zadarius Smith, how about Aaron Rodgers almost breaking Zadarius Smith in half? With that block on the end around, you guys. I'll see if I Rogers, Rogers just out there trying to end his career. I mean, that was a that was a hit stick. That was a blitz two on PlayStation two type hit. You know what I mean? So let's let's see if we can get that pulled up. But the old man's definitely got some beef. I love it. Uh, can I can I elaborate on the offensive line quick while you're pulling that up, Alex? Alex, excuse me. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll we'll let this play through. I'll, I'll elaborate. We'll let it play through. <laughs> so for those that didn't see, there was a, it was a double reverse that Green Bay executed. They got a first down off of it, but Rogers being trying to be a good teammate and create some tried to take on Zadarius Smith in a block, and let's just say Zadarius probably won that battle. Uh, I actually, when this happened, I was so nervous that Rogers was injured, but then they got up and were jaw jacking and smiling at each other. It just made me miss Darius more. <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, I forgot how infectious his energy is. But I honestly was surprised to see Rodgers take that on. But, uh, hey, got his first down. Didn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things, but it was fun to watch. Okay, anyway, can I elaborate? Right 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 yeah. Go ahead, Alec. You can go. I was just going to say I love seeing the old man throw the body around. You know, It's a good sign of youth. It's a good sign that he still has a little bit of fire left in him, that he's not giving up. And, you know, 
hopefully he can uh, put that into trusting his receivers a little bit and, you know, make the season a little bit easier on us. How about that O-line, Dusty? Let me hear it. So the real possibility I see happening is obviously when the tackles are back is obviously Bach goes back to left. Zach Tom more than likely stays at left guard. I think that's a good possibility. And right guard and right tackle, two snares I see is Royce going back into right guard and Jenkins going back into right tackle or Jenkins going back into right guard and Nyman going to right tackle. Those are the possibilities that I probably see. So you don't think I that uh... – be shocked. You don't think I was just going to quick throw in there. (laughs) (laughs) Just very quickly. John Rumpy for right guard would be my choice. I'm done with Royce Newman. I haven't been impressed with anything I've seen from him. He's just fine. But Runyon is, I think, better and put Jenkins at right. That would be my best five offensive lineman, I think. And oh. he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Alec will join us back in a second, but uh, we'll get back to whatever he was going to say. But quickly, because we are going to lead up to Monday night kickoff, I think we all want to watch that game. Russ has returned to Seattle. And there's already alerts from Bleacher Report on my phone that he's getting booed by Seahawks fans. So this shot be fun. Anyway, some positive things. I do want to share some positive things. Christian Watson, yes, it wasn't the greatest debut. But he was, he did have some catches down the stretch. Hopefully he builds on that. But also, his athleticism is crazy. So right here at the top of your screen, if you're watching at home, I'm going to play this. Look how fast this dude is. It doesn't look like he's running fast. But he, if Rodgers had more time, this is the one where Rodgers got sandwiched. That could have been a touchdown. He is past those guys very quickly. In the first play of the game, he got past Patrick Peterson easily too. So there's definitely talent there. But... Yeah, I thought his athleticism was definitely on display, and I think they wanted to display it. Uh, the other positive I have quick, Quay Walker. Holy cow. For years. That was actually my note. I don't know if you can see it at home. Right here. Quay Walker. Holy cow. <laughs> that was my note. He was flying around the field. I've wanted Green Bay to have a physical, tough, fast linebacker for so long. That I think they finally got one. He is battling his shoulder. Sounds like he should be okay for this week, but... TBD. And finally, I thought off of injury, Jair and Big Bob Tanyan both look pretty good coming off injury, all things considered. I was Every time Jair made a tackle, I was pretty worried that it was going to go, ah, in my shoulder. But he made a couple good sticks and seemed fine. And Tanyan, I thought, was brutally important to them, even though Rodgers did yell at him once for not coming back to the ball. But I thought he was pretty good, all things considered, especially off an ACL. Yeah, I'd have to agree with many of those. I thought Quay Walker looked a little shaky in pass coverage at first. Granted, that's True. you know that's something they said in the broadcast was, you know, pass coverage is usually the last thing to come for linebackers because it is difficult to understand, especially in zone. You know, following your guy and passing him on and kind of coming back to your zone, it's really hard because it's, it's something you got to feel out as you go. It's just kind of like blocking too, like zone blocking. Like you got to feel it out, kind of when to pass off that guy and when to stay on him. It's just it's really difficult. So I'll give him the credit, but yeah, he looked really good in the run game. Uh, yeah, at least for the most part. But I mean, we kind of got we got we got beat up up front a little bit with yeah. our run game. Well, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I do have a stat here. This is well, 
I'm not sure who got it, but I got it from Peter Bukowski of the Lockdown, or not the Lockdown, Locked On Packers podcast. He tweeted out, and I believe this is from Pro Football Focus, but I got it off his Twitter account. Anyway, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, each had five-plus pressures. Pretty decent. Okay. They only had one other pressure, or there was only one other guy that recorded a pressure. And that was Jerron Reed, and he had one. So outside of your big three up front, everyone was essentially useless. And, I mean, I couldn't believe this stat either. They hit – the Packers hit Kirk Cousins more than Aaron Rodgers. That sounds absurd, but that is what the numbers say. I just – they're up front on both sides. and We've touched on it enough at this point. Up front, both sides – they just lost. You win games in the trenches. That was never more true than yesterday because, wow, the offensive line didn't look cohesive or very good at all. But we say all this, they weren't as bad as last year, week one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's not a great comparison. But, look, division rival, I thought the defense – was brutal at first. They got better as the game went on. Okay. okay. Fine. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. That's a tough matchup week one. I get it. This week they got Justin Fields and the Bears. Okay. Well, they beat San Francisco. Well, did you see the weather? We're going to actually – that I have something for that a little later as we are starting to wrap up the show here. But I guess that's all the notes I had. I got to scream a little bit. I feel better. <laughs> Dustin, is there anything else you want to touch on this game before we move on to more fun stuff? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll talk about positive stuff because we've kind of been just ripping on them the entire time. So a couple of the positive things I like yeah. to see is how, you know, the uniqueness of the offense sort of coming out with, you know, Dylan and Jones both being, you know, in the formation on the, ever like on most plays, honestly. Like it was usually A.J. Dylan and Aaron Jones in the play, same time for multiple plays. And really like that's, I think, crucial for this year is understanding that those two guys are going to have to carry our team. Like, it's going to be up front to carry the team. Cause like when we did run, when we were able to put Jones in motion and kind of give people getting the linebackers a shift over, we had the run game. It was there. Yep. I mean, honestly, like I didn't look up the stats, but I thought yards per carry, we were getting four or five yards per carry pretty well. We were running the ball fairly well. Are you looking something up or. I, well, I was going to let you keep elaborating, and I was going to quick look up the box score from yesterday to see if I could find any okay. nuggets yeah. of running game. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, I, that was a positive. And, and seeing how physical Jones was running – not Jones, excuse me, Dylan was running. I mean, that, that can really open yeah. up the defense is when, they're, when you're forced to stack the box saying, you know, we got to stop this guy from getting six, seven yards of carry. And, you know, that's when you put Jones in motion and they don't honor that motion – give it to Jones, let him cause havoc in the outfield. You know, I think that's the best option they can do and just keep doing that until defenses have to adjust. And then once they adjust, you just keep kind of flipping back between the two. I think that can really open up an offense. And then that'll obviously give you the play action like they want to do. But I mean, the the simple problem was we weren't running enough, running the ball enough to run our play action. But I think once we kind of get going, then we get the offense line back. I think it'll start working. Yeah. And I, I can't find the yards per carry stat here. I know at one point it was close to eight, I want to say, at mm-hmm. one point. Uh, 
Dylan, 10 rushes, 45 yards and a touchdown. So 4.5 yards per carry there. Uh, Aaron Jones, five carries, 49 yards. Obviously, that's a lot higher. That's 9.8. So, yeah, I I think we all kind of at this point, I I was going to look it up and I forgot to. I want to look up the stats of the Packers after a bye week because they had the bye week after the preseason. They're coming off a bye week. They've been terrible. And actually, just in season openers, if you want to just do that in the LaFleur era, I'm pretty sure they've only won the one game that was his first year. That was the Thursday night in Chicago. And that offense only scored 10 points. It was only 10 to 3. I, th- so I think they, they went 2 and 2, I believe. So then we, the- we, beat, we beat the Vikings in that COVID year, I believe. It was like a really oh, nice game. Right. Okay. And actually, you know what? That would be the exception because I'm pretty sure they came out and they actually did pretty well in that game. But so three out of four, though, were pretty rough in the. It just makes me think if they should at least play the starters for a series in preseason just to at least kick the rust off and get some chemistry and just yeah and yeah. Christian Watson too that's another he outsnapped Romeo Dobbs which I thought was interesting so they definitely believe in him he definitely got the talent but it just I don't know Think things are a little off right now sky's not totally falling it's week one they got killed week one last year we were doing the same exact show and then they were the number one seed so We'll just pump the brakes on all of that. Uh, let's get into some fun stuff here. The kickoff for Monday night, just around the corner. I This honestly is going to be one of my favorite segments, I think, because I just had so much fun putting it together. It's time for this. Oh. I got great news, guys. In other news. All right. So. Let's take a trip to Chicago, Illinois, where the the god of rain, I don't know which one that is, uh, let's just say Chicago was flooded yesterday. It rained so hard. If you saw any of the highlights, they were slip sl- they were doing slip and slides on the field as the game was ending. Like, it was crazy. There was one gentleman in the stands. I don't know at this point why you would even want to go to the game or why you would even buy food at a sporting event that's raining this hard. This poor gentleman spent $30 on popcorn, and um, let's just say it got flooded. <laughs> he he, uh, he just dumped it out. He, he didn't care at all. He's just like, you know what? It's done. It's over. So he just dumped it out. <laughs> it's I, a bad day. I, I mean, I don't have much to say. It's a hilarious video, but uh, that comes to us courtesy of Hurdles on Instagram, at Hurdles. I don't know who that is, but this video is hilarious. Uh, next up, college football was back last week, and um, there were some weird games, including LSU and Florida State. LSU should have won that game, and they didn't. And I'm a little bitter because I had money on LSU. I don't know if you saw this clip. So there was a gentleman who decided he wanted to be part of the activities. He, uh, this dude just wandered onto the field as they snapped the ball. Not one person did anything about it. He just wandered out there and stood there. And look how long it takes security to get there. It takes forever. Forever. And he just stares at the guy. Now, if you look at his eyes, this is reckless speculation. 
he looks stoned out of his mind. Like, I don't know that this kid knows where he is. And he's yelling at the police officers. They finally get him. But he just wandered onto the field. I, I'm going to start the video over again. This is more of a visual thing. So if you're watching, this is more for you. But yeah, he just nonchalantly walks out there. I don't, and then just kind of looks around. Yeah, it's, and I love how slow security officers were to get there, and then they just calmly approach him. Not that they had to tackle him, but you know what I mean? It just seemed like no one cared. Anyway. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, it, it's not like LSU is some scrub. Oh. I can't stop. In other news, there was a boxing match. I don't know if you saw this clip. Uh, Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell and Adrian Peterson, two former, eh, one Hall of Fame running back, one Hall of Very Good running back. They had a charity boxing match, and this happened. If it plays. Come on. Le'Veon Bell is on the right. Knocks out Adrian Peterson. One more time. Bang! Can I just say, Adrian Peterson, at this age, good God. He looks like he's chiseled out of marble. He is still ridiculously ridiculously strong. I would not have imagined he would be one to get knocked out. I mean, you saw the video. I can't imagine even Le'Veon Bell. Look, I don't imagine Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I can't imagine taking a punch from him. A is a good idea, but B, it's a fun thing to do. Why would you sign up for that? And now, granted, they're NFL players, but I would you take a punch from, from Le'Veon Bell? Uh, no, I don't know why they're like, yeah, this is for charity. We're punching each other for charity. <laughs> it's for the kids. <laughs> Let's beat the crap out of each other, for, but for the kids. For the kids. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, we're going to switch sports here. Other, but for the kids. Yeah, as long as it's for the kids, it's fine. Sorry, my internet's getting crappy here. I'm getting alerts. Uh, let's switch sports. Let's go to baseball. Um, kids, you ever wonder if you can make it in the major leagues? There was a gentleman, real pitcher, okay, Bethancourt for the Rays. I don't know his first name. Real pitcher. Tried to throw an EFIS pitch to Giancarlo Stanton. It was 47 miles an hour. I'm just going to... 47 mile an hour lob pitch to Giancarlo Stanton, one of the biggest, strongest humans to ever play baseball. I think you know where this is going. Just listen to the sound on this. Oh my god. It sounds like someone breaking their leg. He hit that ball so hard. That's a real pitcher. 47 miles an hour? 
That's what little leaguers throw. They literally have a commercial of Giancarlo Stanton hitting little leaguers. That's what that was. I couldn't believe it. The, the literal sound off the bat sounds like someone broke their leg. It was that. It was that much of a pop. Man. Honestly, Giancarlo Stanton would make a great offensive lineman. No? Long arms, strong, big. No one's moving him. I'd say DN. He'd make a really good DN. Yeah, you're right. Because he's probably a little too quick. to. Well, not that offensive linemen aren't quick. I don't mean to offend any offensive linemen that may or may not be on this podcast. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. Defensive end. He kind of looks like Jason Taylor anyway. So, yeah, I, I see that. And finally, oh, boy, this is a doozy. I, obviously, Sunday Night Football was happening yesterday. But there was also some Sunday Night Baseball, courtesy of ESPN, the Cubs and Giants, my Chicago. I'm wearing their gear here on the podcast. I don't know. Look, they signed this guy, Fran Mil Reyes. He was waived by the Cleveland Guardians. Did pretty well last year. This year, not so much. They wave him. Cubs pick him up. He's been awesome with them. Uh, he also likes to sing, and he took on a very popular Whitney Houston song live on Sunday Night Baseball. Take a listen. It says, and I, yeah, we we'll always love you. You see? It's beautiful, man. It is For a big guy. Keep that going. It's beautiful. <laughs> we'll always love you. Ooh, ooh. We'll always love you. So I like to change the rhythm. Okay. You see? Yeah. It's- oh, Frenimal, I dig. I, look, baseball has been a quote-unquote dying sport forever. Mike these guys up. They have personality. Don't strip them of their personality. They're fun. They like to have fun. They like to smile. They like to laugh. Just, I mean, obviously, that's just amazing video. But you see all these guys, golf, baseball, these quote-unquote real reserved old-timey sports. When they're mic'd up and Mookie Betts is chasing down a ball in spring training, screaming, oh, I'm not going to get there, boys. That's fun. That gets people engaged with your sport. More of this, please. More Franimal singing Whitney Houston in the dugout. I need more of this. But, anywho, that'll do it. That's going to wrap up our show. I think everyone, I feel a little better. I got some stuff off my chest and got to spit some of that venom that's been inside of me. Uh, and yeah, I watched that game yesterday. It was so annoying watching a lot of what they were doing, but Hey, it's, uh, this is it. We didn't really talk about the upcoming game. Um, it's the bears. uh, This is just a trap for me to talk Justin Fields and we were not going to do it too much Viking talk. So anyway, bears week, (laughs) Justin's shaking his head. So bears week this week, Sunday night football. We will be back next week. We will recap that game and get into all of that the lockdown corner gambling show is coming yet this week so we'll probably touch on that game a little bit a lot of weird lines this week too i was just uh looking at some of them i think the packers as of today are nine and a half point favorites at home which doesn't sound big but i I just want to see their offense click before before we make them 10 point favorites or anybody but we'll talk about that you can find more information on that lockdown gambling show later this week hoping sunday morning otherwise it'll be saturday morning um, depending on when everyone is free and available for that. Probably Sunday because, obviously, our resident offensive lineman on my 
well, my left here, but he's got a game. So we'll see on that. Um, we'll update you later in the video. Along. But where you need to follow us to get that inf- information, Instagram, at Lockdown Corner Pod, YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Whoever the 100th person was and then unsubscribed, you're a jerk. So make sure, don't be a jerk. Don't be like him or her. Just click that subscribe button. Just get us to 300, or not 300, get us to triple digits. That's all we're asking. We're not asking a lot. Just one person out there. Uh, Also, Facebook, follow us there. You can get our live streams there as well as some clips from the previous shows. And that will do it for this edition of the Lockdown Corner. It was a rough one, but we always will say, well, that's the wrong imaging. I almost cooked random pack. <laughs> we will always say, no matter how badly they get beaten.